You're listening to Personal Rejection Letter, a podcast by Writers with Day Jobs, with your hosts, Dan Lipman and Kelly Daniels. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Kelly Daniels. Hi, Kelly Daniels. I'm Dan Lipman. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Mine? Can you hear this creaking? Yeah. Probably we took the headphones off. But yeah, we're face-to-face today, listeners. We are. We're sitting there, no headphones. No. Nope. A couple of microphones in uh, the no new pants. headquarters. Yep. No cans. Pants. Pants. Are we're, we keeping that part a secret? We're wearing pants. Come right. on. Um, I thought you said no cans. Because that's what Gabe calls headphones. The headphones, right. Well, that is, that's the buzzy insider term. Yeah. No cans. Sans cans. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Gabe. What are we talking about today, man? Uh, The new mixing board? You've got it. Well, first of all, we're in a studio. We have professional sounding microphones. Professional looking. I I hope they sound good. Yeah. Yours has a sock. Have we talked about this before? No. Okay. And uh, mine is just unnatural. But listen to that. Listen to those rich tones. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it, young people. Uh, it's your topic, so you need to say what it is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Well, I thought without, um, having written a script and you know how I am, I get a little nervous when there's no script, but, uh, we're just doing it today. Um, I thought we'd talk about in the most general sense, the artist and the person. Oh, and in, in our case, we're talking about literary arts and, um, what I'm really getting at is to what degree do we separate the person, the human, from the writing. Um, is great writing great writing no matter what? Or is is it tainted if we find out that the writer is a is kind of a terrible person in one way or another? And, and does it make us rethink the way the writing is? And anyway, just I thought we would just kind of riff on that for a while. Right. So I think of I always think about the first person I think of is Bukowski, who, you know, we've both talked about on this podcast many times. We both love his writing, but he would be a total horrible person to be around in real life. Well, I know. I feel like he would hate me for a variety of reasons. Hmm, I'm maybe. a phony. I'm uh, I'm obvious. All he, this stuff. Yeah, but you're making a lot of assumptions about him based on the way he writes about himself. Right. And to me, it seems like there's a lot of affectation going on in this persona that he's created about the grumpy guy. I thought it, my guess is that if you drink, he'd probably be happy to drink with you. I do drink. Yeah, you totally drink. Okay. And you didn't, don't drink as much as him. He would start hating you when you started saying you wanted to go to bed and that you right. didn't want another whiskey. At 9.30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, you would lose him there. Right. Um. But I don't know. I could see Bukowski being pretty fun to hang out with. And um, I suppose his, you know, his stories and poems and stuff are misogynist is what he's mostly accused of for for good reason, I think. He's got some ugly racial stuff in some of the books and uh, some ugly, uh, I don't know, anti-Semitism in there. There's all that kind of stuff's in there. But it's not, it, it doesn't really... It's very surface stuff, you know. It's kind of just tough guy bullshit, really. Yeah, one I, I've been reading some of his poems lately, and one of the poems was um, notably about 
how cool he thought black people were yeah. and how he's walking around the neighborhood and it's his wife, his new wife, like who's right. like, Oh my gosh. And the title of the poem is too many blacks. <laughs> and he's like, Hey, how you doing brother? And <laughs> you know, it's, it probably, I'm sure there's some reason to, to uh, not be charmed by it, but, uh, but it's at least on the, on the surface, it's, he seems to be on the right side of uh, politics on that one, but um, right. What about some other people? Like Bukowski is kind of obvious. I mean, he he makes his whole shtick is is that I'm a I'm a grouchy old man. Mm-hmm. Um, what about just off the top of my head, David Mamet? Oh, you know anything about him? I really don't actually. Do you know his plays? Or I do know his, his plays. Yeah, yeah, I know his, and I've seen some of the movies he's directed and stuff. Glenn but I don't Gary, know Glenn Ross. You right. know that one. And well, um, I saw a play called Oleana. I've heard of it. Yeah, and it's about it. a sexual harassment kind of situation with a professor, right. and uh, the, the professor, the male professor, is really more the victim than sure. um, in this one, and he's being you know, kind of uh, harassed by these sort of organized feminists and they, and these, and the feminists who you don't actually see on stage kind of radicalize this young woman. And, uh, and then she starts accusing him of things that he didn't necessarily mean to do, but it was, but he was doing because just without thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, it was an interesting play, but it also was, I think leaning more right than left. I think it was presenting itself as yeah. thoughtful and both everybody's wrong and everybody's right. But I think it more was <laughs> his sympathies were with the professor, not right. with that, the young woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he is a, David Mamet is a, a right winger and um, the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross kind of coffee is for closers and that, right. all that stuff. That's like, that wasn't like this ironic thing or this, you know, kind of critique of society. That's what he believes. That's interesting. Like, yeah, he. Um, I think he's come out in 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 that way. And so, a certain amount of writer uh, readers who really liked him stopped liking him after a while. Um, so, does he publish political stuff, or is that is that how we know? Or is it just the plays, or is he also? He, I mean, he's not like a political pundit or something like that. Yeah, he's on Fox News. Oh really? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, he's uh, um, Sean Hannity's. Uh, I'm always surprised uh, who's on there. No, I don't know. I I don't have any really strong evidence about what he said. I just somehow heard that he really is a very much a free yeah. market kind of. You know, screw you. The the weak deserve to to die and the strong deserve to flourish. I wonder if that's sort of an evolution because it seems to me like you couldn't write Glengarry Glenn Ross without having some sympathy for people who are being just mauled over by the capitalist machine. Yeah. And it may be that, yeah, who knows? And, and it may be that he wrote plays to get famous. You know what I mean? Right. He may have, uh, he, he said, this is, this is going to play well. To yeah. the play-going audience. And uh, I, I think that that's very much... Uh, here's a little aside. Um, it was on Facebook, and there was a writer whose name I recognized. I don't remember who it is now, but somebody who's got a bunch of books and is you know, kind of moderately famous posted about a young person who asked him if he should 
consider taking on a female pseudonym to in or no to write from the perspective of a female protagonist if that would give him a better chance of publishing his novel so to publish under a pseudonym not just like take on a character when you're doing it one or the which other which i've heard of people doing it okay one or the other but they both are kind of the same idea yeah. is that and uh, this guy said what should i tell this this writer and he just kind of presented it as one of those facebook let me get a discussion going yeah and then most of the reactions were one one in particular were negative about they this guy's a piece of shit for you know even suggesting that <laughs> yeah. you know right. you know that I, the idea behind it is that women read novels more than men and women want to read about women so characters. it's a commercial and, decision yeah right and uh-huh. um I don't think that's an outrageous assumption to make at all. And, and whether you can pull it off as a male writer is a different question. But anyway, some people were really just disliked this, this young writer for asking this question um, and what it implied. Uh, but uh, it's so funny because historically women writers have taken male names. Oh yeah. Just for the opposite reason. George or for the Elliot. same reason, I guess. Yeah. George Eliot. Yeah. Curtis Sittenfield, our uh. own contemporary. I did not know that. Yeah, that's but a there it goes. woman. Um, geez, I had this point to make about, about oh yeah, somebody said, well, he can't be, um, I, this, he can't be a real writer if that's the way he's thinking about it. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> okay. And I just, I, um, I started typing a response like, wait a minute, there's, and this gets at, at the subject, today's subject of our episode, I think, is that, no, there are great writers who are completely crass, commercial, and the reason why they write is to make money and to get famous and don't have sensitive souls. And you know what I mean? I think For it's, sure. talent is not aligned with morality, you know? Mm. And, uh, and, you know, some venal. I, I think of the movie Motes, uh, Amadeus, which right. I love. Yeah. But I love that portrayal of the genius. Mozart as this puerile, like adolescent, totally immature, running after girls. Um, and yet he makes beautiful music and he's just a different person when he, when he makes his music than when he is getting drunk and going to parties. Right. Like, there's just no connection between those two. Right. And there's also something nice in that play about the, the sort of the, the mainstream guy who's, who represents you know that he's doing everything the right way he goes to church and stuff like that yeah and he knows he's the not the intellectual but the artistic inferior of of Mozart yeah I heard somebody who is into classical music that it's a that movie is a real slam on the other guy Salieri maestro Salieri uh, Salieri is is not Mozart but he's Absolutely, a right, he's credible, well known, yeah, right. You know, I've heard of, that too, and that he wasn't at all like bothered by Mozart. And stuff no, like that. it's just he, a total trope. That the yeah, guy he was just doing his own thing, right. and that. Uh, but still, a great movie. Um, how about some other writers that uh, you? Let me throw one out. Are, Here's like a guy who has meant something to a ton of people, and and the his audience wants more from him, and he's just withdrawn and won't give it up. Uh, J.D. Salinger. Yeah. What about something like that where, you know, people, uh, they, I don't know, obviously, you know, uh, Catcher in the Rye meant, has meant a lot culturally to people, so they want more from him, and his response has been to give them less and to not even 
give public interviews and and yet you know we know from what's her name's uh memoir that he's kind of a cad and that uh who's that woman that he uh she wrote a book yeah his mistress right. or whatever why can't i remember her name wrote a memoir about i, being I think with, i don't know her name i see her on facebook uh yeah, well, in any event, so what about that? Like, you know, do, how much How much does, after you write Catcher in the Rye, how much do you owe us? <laughs> Nothing. Not no, a damn nothing? thing. Nothing? What? No, not a damn thing. You well, don't, if you want to write one book, then you write one book, you know, and if it touched some people, then you've done more than most do in their lifetimes. And so, no, I don't think J.D. Salinger owes us a damn thing, nor does any writer. It's not, okay. you know... But so when it was clear that he wasn't interested in engaging, why did people keep going? What what did, what did people hope to find? Uh, celebrity, I guess, is what they're, you know. He, they're interested he in became celebrity. a celebrity. And, and cynically, you could kind of wonder if his hiding out is what made him so famous, if he would have just kept pumping out books. Right. Um, if he would have, people would have tired of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, My favorite Salinger rumor was that he was actually Thomas Pynchon, that, that, he started yeah. publishing under that name. Yeah, because but Thomas Pynchon also was like not photographed. Reclusive, yeah, they don't know. Well, there's two people that we don't know what they look like. But actually Thomas Pynchon, you know, they, he's a person. You could you find know who's him. He's a badass. Kind of not really appropriate to what we're talking about necessarily, but um John Waters. Oh yeah. John the filmmaker. Waters is a badass. He that, okay, he gets his big movie that he's trying to get made, gets the funding gets cut. Mm-hmm. Totally bums him out, as you can imagine. That's his career, and he, it's his artistic release. And, and so what does he do? He hitchhikes from the East Coast to the West. Famous guy, famous gay guy, hitchhiking through the heartland. Has total sympathy for people who politically right don't like him, but yet they do like him personally. And uh, um, I didn't read that book, but... He wrote a book about it, yeah, I remember. and I just thought, this guy's the opposite thing of like, well, I like his movies. I don't know if I'm ready to take him seriously as a writer, but just how cool he is as a person right. makes me, like, I'd give the book a four-star rating without reading it, just, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> right. like, hey, yeah, he's cool. Just he's on the cool. idea of it? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas he was, if he was a jerk, you would be really ready to skewer it. Yeah. I've, I know people, I actually know one guy who met him, I don't think it was on that trip, but just met him in a bar, and he talked to him for a long time, just some, you know, schmo nobody who knew a couple of his movies, and he was very gracious and very cool. So maybe that all goes together. I think so. He's the un-Salinger. Yeah, he is generous. Yeah, Salinger was stingy. Um, and uh, what about some old-timey writers? Can you think of anybody who is a real... You mean historical? I was. Oh, how about uh, how about uh, Ezra Pound? Yeah, great poems. The the fascist thing. Yeah, <laughs> that he did. Or and or or speaking of fascists, um, uh, light of day, uh, darkness to the light of day. You know that guy. Hold on, mm-hmm. um, French writer. Anyway, talk about TSL or uh, Ezra Pound. I'll get it in a second. Well, I don't have much to say except that. Um, I mean, I guess his poems are cool. Uh, I guess modern, the modernist poem, poets, uh, I, yeah, I guess Ed, Ezra Pound never quite, quite moved me when I was reading that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of a T.S. Eliot 
Pipe, who also I think we could talk yeah. about his personal life in uh, not not positive ways. Not a single woman so far. We've been talking all about men. Are, are men writers just more likely to be? I have one written jerks? down. Wait, Ezra is a as a man. All yeah. right, I have. Did a, you? Uh, oh, did you want to say something about Ezra? Like, no, just just that you know that's that's somebody who is like definitely a toxic human being. But the the poems, not even the poems, but some the, you know those ABCs of reading stuff that he wrote. Uh, really interesting yeah. essay writers and He's stuff smart. like that. Uh, Joan Didion is somebody who's been who's known to be prickly, but whose work again we've talked about her on this podcast. It has meant a lot to me. And if I were to see her in a room, I wouldn't go anywhere near her. I just wouldn't bother her, yeah. uh, based on what I've heard her responses to people who come up, you know, fans. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what does she do? Did she tell him to. She's just you know. I I mean maybe because she's a woman, we expect her to be super warm and and cuddly, but she's she's supposedly not. I mean obviously I've never met her, but uh you know she's somebody whose writing has meant a lot to me, and yeah. I, I feel like uh she's somebody who personally I would avoid. Yeah, I guess I can't see being real buddies with her, but I don't know. I would talk to her if if I could, you know, and if she. You have that California thing. Yeah, we'll talk about California. Right. And, um, yeah, no, I admire her a lot. And she does. And I get a feeling I know her based on all her personal essays um, in ways that, you know, purely writers who only go into fictional directions. Yeah. You can guess at what kind of person they are, but the personal essayists and memoirists, of course, those things are fabricated and their kind of personas and all that. But you also do get a lot of what kind of person she is. Um, fascinating to me is she's like the embodiment in one way of a feminist in that she's just tough as shit and really uncompromising in her work. And uh, um, and yet she really criticized the women's movement. Right. Basically thought of them as just a bunch of selfish twits, you know? I mean, really, it's just like... you. They don't, none of them even know anything. I mean, part of her thing was none of these women in this women's movement that I'm reading about, this is in the seventies probably, um, has any clue of feminist theory. Like, you know, it's like they've never read any of it and yet they're, it's all just selfishness is. So anyway, her, her takedown of, of the women's movement is really shocking. Um, if it were published today, it would be on like Huffington post and there would be like hundreds and maybe thousands of negative comments like but uh yeah so maybe that's that iconoclastic quality to her that sort of is is scary intimidating as as it is well she's a republican oh really yep are you sure um somebody told me that she was a goldwater republican yeah like just you know an outspoken well that's you know the republican today is i I wonder yeah yeah well yeah and that was a long long time ago right and republicans were did have some fresh ideas and they were they were the yeah. the intellectual party right back then and now they're the the dopes <laughs> and it's weird things change yeah um and Can well you, if you think about change like the the party of lincoln is now the the racist party the party of trump it? yeah the party of trump the party of trump awesome that's quite a party um so that, but that is the only woman I, I put down on the, that I wrote on the list. Although my list, I only have like four or five names. Yeah, we didn't plan a lot on this one. We just jumped right into it. Um, I bet you we can brainstorm some other some other dames. 
I do really like not just women, but men, like, like writers who are super gracious, who are really nice to you and who will, you know, sit at their readings. And uh, let's talk about some of those extra nice writers who maybe get a, an extra. Yeah. Um, but in what? Oh, I guess we got to pause now to revise. Time to revise. What you got, Libster? Uh, I, you know. I what you a, got, Danimal? I thought I wrote it down. Wait, separation. Artificial person. These are just things. You know, uh, these are just things these he are just said. Things that at. I said. Uh, oh, I remember now. Okay. <clears throat> we haven't really talked about this, but one of the episodes that we recently recorded, we were actually re recording. And one of the things I was proud of us about, which we never said we were going to do, but we never said during it that we were actually doing it a second time. Yeah, we were kind of professional about it. It was. I wonder if it was a little like the energy kind of lagged because we were sort of like following. We were sort of saying things that we had said before. But uh, I don't know. We have to hear it again. But I, I didn't say something which I wanted to say, which is that um, uh, that uh, a raccoon had gotten into my chicken coop. I just thought it was a great story. Yeah, it is a great. It's a horrific story. And I wonder and if I should save it for another time. I can work it in a little bit better. But then I thought, well, you know what I'll do is I'll just say this happened to me again. But I can't just go back and pretend like it just happened to me. But uh, the morning that we recorded this one episode, which disappeared, I opened up the chicken coop and the, most of the chickens had been slaughtered by a raccoon the night before. Trigger alert. And uh, it was kind of messy. And I had I was upset about it. But, you know, talking to you, Kelly doing the personal rejection letter podcast sort of calm me down. Yeah. We had a nice conversation about how there's this idea that everything is natural in the animal world, not natural, but every, everything is cool. And like animals only do what they need to do to live or whatever. But raccoons are assholes and these raccoons just beheaded these chickens and they didn't even eat the chickens. They just, just killed them for sport. Yeah. Practice. I'm, I'm still angry. They're just practicing. Yeah. Um, yeah, the natural world is well. The point is that we are part of the natural world, and we're we're animals. That is what you and said. All the things that we do, and and also animals play. Like if you think animals don't play and have fun, you're insane. And use tools. They use tools. You know, ma animals masturbate. Well, yeah, you do. <laughs> I've seen a few in the oh. zoo. Have you ever gone to the monkey house? That's oh, basically yeah, the all house. they do. There's like a. Um, I took a sex class in. Uh, college so it was like you know human sexuality right so it was okay but there's like uh, some kind of a like a porcupine or something that would get habitual you know they normally do this they'll get a piece of, of they'll get a branch and sort of hold the branch in their in their jaws and put it between their legs and walk <laughs> and the branch will like yeah. drag on the ground and right. like cause a vibrating thing on the on the uh, genitals yeah and these are females i've and, done that yeah it's good huh? yeah um, so yeah, animals, animals are cool. Porcupines. That's All why right. we call you the Danimal. Mm -hmm. Cause you are, cause you're kind of hirsute, I think is. I'm hairy. Yeah. I'm a hairy gent. Yeah. Yes. Not overly hairy. Just well, it's hairy. my people. You know, I've come to terms with it. Oddly, not so much on the top of my head where you'd like a little bit of hair, but, but on my arms and legs and chest. Yeah. We won't, won't go anywhere else because That's, we could just imagine. Yeah. Leave, it, leave something for the imagination. I don't know what's back there. I don't look. So no. I have to ask somebody else. What's your revision? My revision is um, that Joe Bonomo, he like brings out the... Harry. Uh, He's Harry. Oh, my God. Is he? He's. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well... I always want my best material when he's around because you got to be, and I, so I always find my, myself coming up a little short, but when he was Interesting. accusing me of, of, uh, 
wanting uh, wanting to have a robot like with a chest protector with like calling oh, balls and yeah. strikes. And he goes, that's what Kelly Daniels wants. He just like grabs a microphone and just <laughs> says that. Like I never once said, but I, but I went with it and I started saying, no, yeah, I want a drone. Mm-hmm. And that'll like shoot lasers at the pitcher if he throws inside <laughs> too much or something. And where anyway, was I when all this was happening? I don't remember this conversation. You were sitting beside us, but it was, you know, the ball game was, was yeah. happening. But what I wish I had said is that we need to replace all the umps with the Cylon Centurions oh, from Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. With those voice. And then I was really thinking it. They've got that one like, the red eye dot that goes, that goes back, back and, forth. and forth in the center, and there's silver. Yeah, strike one. I love that as a kid. That yeah. red dot. Yeah, they're cool looking, and I think that would be such an improvement. Um, it would also it would be more accurate and more entertaining than today's umps. Um, and I also thought <laughs> that w- there was another robot that was that was like Starbucks friend that would or Buck. Like uh, maybe I'm mixing up two oh, different. There was like a little dog robot or something. It's like it goes bitty bitty bitty. Yeah yeah yeah. He, I want him to be. Maybe it's not a him. Maybe it's a her. But it seemed like a him. Um, that maybe was it the, was a they. That was the time. We it just, was a they. We made um, assumptions. I would want that that like sort of pet cute robot to be the crew chief. Bitty bitty bitty. Air out that kind of thing. Right. And. Um, well, that would have been nice if I would have come upon that thought in the heat of the moment and yeah. not having to, you know, come upon it later. But we should know. let Bonomo phone in a revision. We should have told him this was going to happen. I wonder what he'd say. Like yeah. if you if you if you're going to do a podcast with us, maybe we should have told Mark. Uh, I don't remember his last name. Who Mark? Um, Petrikowski. Petrikowski. Yeah, was a great guest. But we should have told him you're going to have to come back again and revise something but um or maybe this is just our privilege others don't get to have it okay because they're not the hosts we're the gatekeepers yeah yeah so you need to be so there needs to be something that separates (laughs) us from them yeah in some kind of privilege not just that uh porcupine needle you got down there (coughs) okay good that was dumb to cough into the microphone should probably move the micro and then you move move the microphone away when i talked that was (laughs) that's there's a revision for later so back to uh, what about some uh, what about some nice writers that who are such good people that uh, it only helps their legacy. Right. Good guys. I don't know Tobias Wolf. He seems like a nice yeah, guy. I was uh, going to say that. I hear that. Were he, you? Yeah, because huh. I heard specifically that he was like an unusually nice guy. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm he came s- to my campus when I'm I was... going to stand up and walk around a little bit Ooh. as I talk because I can do that. Okay. Even though the microphone cables are getting all. I'll, uh, yeah, this is cool, huh? feel like I'm on stage. Now I'm sitting and looking at you do that. (laughs) Walking back and forth. I wish you were wearing pants. All you guys are, I can picture all you listeners out there, you know, in the arena. Um, No, Tobias Wolf, what I heard is that he was just a really good ambassador for creative writing. Um, And uh, he would, you know, at that, in the 80s when creative writing programs were starting to really expand and he was well known and he would go to campus do readings and he was very gracious and generous and uh, unlike most of the men uh, um, in that era he didn't just sleep with the students I mean that wasn't his goal and and, uh, yeah I know it's crazy 
So, uh, yeah, and I think a great short story writer, too. I really yeah. I really enjoy reading his stories. And the memoir is good, too. Yeah, I as think well. it's all right. He's got a wife. certain control of the language. You can tell him like four sentences in that this is Toby Wolf. I, I call him Toby because I met him. Yeah. What about Did you the meet what, him? I, I have met him. Yeah, he was. He came when I was. And he was nice. He was extremely nice. Yeah, he was. He, he workshopped my story. My story got workshopped by him. Did he say it was good? Yeah, that's how nice he was. He, yeah. he said positive things about it. There we go. There <laughs> we go. Um, Chekhov. Uh, Anton Chekhov. Was he a nice guy? I don't know anything about him except he was a doctor. I think he was a doctor that like kind of tirelessly helped the poor. Huh. Like he was like treating the poor for free and went out into the field. And I had, don't know what I think about that. And had a lot of, uh, yeah, he was actually just sort of um, taking away their freedom. Right. By not charging them more than forcing they, their his health care on them. Yeah. 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 And healing them when they were should have been free to die. Check off care. So, yeah. Um, no, he was supposed to be a good guy, although all the stories about infidelity makes one think that he probably had mistresses. Did he? Um, oh, 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 you mean in his oeuvre? Yeah. You're saying? In what? what? Wrote about his oeuvre? oeuvre? You know yeah. How do you say it? His ovary. <laughs> his ovaries, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. I thought, I thought oeuvre. It's oeuvre. I thought oeuvre meant, meant egg. <laughs> no. And I was and I was telling I told like at least one classroom of students that, oh yeah, and probably more than one like oh that means egg in French <laughs> and like it's because it's like your the thing that you've like created. Oh and my then god! I, and then later I realized that I was just really wrong and I don't even know where I got that. Right. And, uh, Nobody called you on it in the class. No, but I changed. I caught it during a term when I said it. And right. then I told them later that I was just really wrong about that. Oh, that's good. That makes you seem like a yeah. Like then you can trust everything you say that you don't correct. Yeah, that's, that was my technique. So right. I do that actually every class. Have now. a deliberate mistake. Maybe that's where the revision segment comes from. That's where yeah, it's all contrived. Okay, it's all part of the big plan. Um, Tolstoy was a nice guy. Yeah, maybe it's just the Russians. Yeah, the Ruskies. He cared about the poor. Yeah. Um, the Ruski artists are good and the Ruski politicians are bad. The seems. current ones. I think the old ones too. No, Trotsky was Stalin awesome. And <laughs> yeah. What? They were, they killed a lot of people. The czars all got murdered, but yeah. they were bad too. And, uh, how about, uh, Re what's the guy's, I almost said Rapunzel. Rasmus Rasmussen. Rasmutin? Putin. Rasputin. Rasputin. Yeah. yeah. That guy's cool. I bought a biography of him and I thought this is going to be great to read. And then I never read it. But so I'm really, I'm between the two of us. I'm the expert. I listened to a podcast on him. Oh, well then you are the expert. I am. Yeah. Pretty much. He was Did they never got to his name though? You thought it was Rasmutin. Yeah. I, well, my memory isn't great. I guess that's the point. Um, what about some other writers, like some old-timey writer? What about the one that became Baudelaire, became a slaver? Oh, really? Or was it Oh, you're thinking Rambo. Oh, Rambo. Was Rambo he a slaver? I know he was like a, like a rifle runner, like he ran arms and stuff like that. Somehow I thought that he was in the human slave, you know, the human trafficking Well, that's business. not cool. What? That's not cool. No, it's not at all. He quit writing and became a... 
a quote businessman. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's a good idea, but I don't like the business he went into. But I, I he died very young, right? I mean, that's that's an interesting story that Rambo story. Yeah, I don't really know it that well, and I don't know his work. And uh, but uh, just that little anecdote about his. I read a little biography on him. It was they, they used to publish these little tiny, short little biographies. Yeah, they're maybe like eighty pages. Uh huh. And I, I believe I read it. I mean, I know he was a drug runner and a like arms runner. I don't remember the prostitutes, but it's possible. Not prostitutes. I meant like actual slaves. Yeah, like the slave industry. You know, that is the name Sylvester Stallone that he was basing Rambo. I mean, it is based on Rambo, the name anyway. You're That's lying. Where, no, it's true. Google oh. it. All right. <laughs> Google it later. Um, I want to find some more chicks. Are we still doing the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> No, I think that there's got to be. Uh, now, are we talking? I think talking women about are nice not, writers, or uh, I think we're done with the nice writers. Okay, so we're back to the mean, the heinous writers. What about J.C. Oates? I bet she's uh, she strikes me as uh, somebody who's. I don't know who that is. Joyce Carol Oates. Oh yeah, why? Why do you think she's? I don't. Know, she just. Uh, I think it's the big glasses, the big hoot owl glasses. Yeah. I don't. I think if you're looking through something that large, you wouldn't miss anything. And then somebody you, said that she was. Uh, at a reading in the audience and she had her notebook out and she was just like working on her own novel. I totally believe it. (laughs) A friend of mine um, submitted a story to a short story collection or or, I'm sorry, a short story contest that she was the judge of Yeah, and he didn't win, but he was a runner up. And then she published a short story that had the same ending paragraph that he had. No. Yeah. And then she, he, he wrote her a letter and then she was, she just wrote back and said, yeah, I'll remove the paragraph if it ever gets republished. That was the whole thing. No oh, really? apology. No. Uh, so she admitted it. She didn't. She didn't say she did it. She didn't say it didn't happen. She just said that paragraph will be gone, excised if it ever gets republished. Wow. Which I'm sure it did. I'm sure it gets published, anthologized regularly. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I she's know. probably not a nice person, but maybe she is. Yeah, depends upon your definition of nice. She. One of the things, like she also wrote a memoir about uh, her husband dying, and. Um, one of the things that was, it's just, it was just heart wrenching. She's a great writer. Um, it really was emotional, heart wrenching memoir. And I was kind of, I really felt for her. And then like, <clears throat> somehow I found out that by the time that thing had gotten published, she was already remarried to somebody else. And uh, I kind of lost Yeah, she was super happy. Didn't Glad that guy's dead. <laughs> yeah. She left that part out. I wonder who else is, uh, is there somebody who's just beyond the pale? It doesn't seem like we've we're, we're just kind of getting people who are sort of selfish. I think writers generally are selfish, you know, they're and self-important. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, it's what motivates you to sit but, alone. But uh, I'm wondering about somebody who's just beyond that, who's like, you know, a murderer or something like, you know. Like, well, O.J. Simpson wrote a book. Yeah, I wouldn't really put him in this conversation. Okay. Um, I don't see him as that kind of. Bill Cosby's written a bunch of books. Yeah. Um. You know, my mom is from that generation that, you know, the baby boomer generation. She's in her 60s. And the Bill Cosby thing. Did I already tell you this? Maybe it doesn't sound familiar. I may have told somebody. And if I've said it on PRL, then I apologize. But my mom wasn't that shocked by Bill Cosby's sexual antics. Right. Um, She's like, oh, everybody did that. If you went to oh a, the quaaludes yeah if you went to a party you can you'd pretty much like thought that there was a good chance you were gonna get you know get a a quaalude dropped in your drink and you'd be right 
molested when you were asleep, and that was just part of oh my god, part of being young and <laughs> and having fun in the in the sixties, you know. Uh, wow, um, or probably the seventies. Um, so she was just like, meh, he's not that bad. There's worse. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, or, for example, what about Hawthorne? Was he a good guy? Hawthorne? Yeah. I'm trying to think of somebody from that era. Seems all right. Thoreau was supposedly a dick, but that's just, that's not, he's not, he wasn't a heinous guy. He was just prickly. Um, what are we doing on time? I just wanted to look at the, uh, levels. Cause my blue light's not on. Uh, we are on, uh. Does listener, do you guys have to go somewhere? I can't see without my glasses. <laughs> it's all right. We don't need to do that. The blue light doesn't come on when you plug this thing in. It, only when you plug in the uh, the other one. Okay. Um, all right, hold on. All right, the glasses are who on. Who is... Uh, you guys have been listening for 44 minutes. Is that right? Yeah. That seems too long. Oh, no, no, no. 36 That's, minutes. 36 minutes. Yeah. Um. Thoreau. Oh, here's an interesting one. Edgar Allan Poe. Was he a bad guy? Okay. The thing about Edgar Allan Poe is that he was, con, you know, he's considered this alcoholic and that right. he, and um, the person that was the executor of his will, who was trusted to, it was a trusted friend, absolutely sabotaged his, um, his character after he died and, published all this this biography of him that was full of lies and uh, um also got rid of a bunch of his work that was like like really basically this guy had this like insane grudge against him and a lot of the rumors about his alcoholism and his the things he's done have later been uncovered by kind of literary scholars as to be completely lies like he wasn't actually that bad of a drunk wow he was it was a lightweight he would drink two drinks and get hammered uh-huh. um so uh so yeah even wow. even some of the things we think we know about writers may not be true um so oh i think recently i just talked about um jamaica kincaid didn't i yeah you told so me i already that. that's on my list but you know of, what i think that that's i think you told the anecdote on the episode that did not air oh really i think so I don't want you to tell it twice, but I know I believe so because I can picture I was in my dining room squatting down, which is and that episode is gone. So why don't you retell it? Well, I, I, she um, was the celebrity, um, kind of featured speaker at this big literary content, a uh, literary weekend, uh, a festival in uh, for an all women's college called called Agnes Scott, in Decatur, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what they? Uh, called Decatur. Yes. It was known as a haven for lesbians. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Can you guess? Decatur. Decatur, yeah. Oh, Decatur. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, huh? Wow. And then less clever, they called the college Anxious Twat. That's what was what's the actual name? Agnes Scott. Mm-hmm. That's trying too hard. Nah. Anyway, they had Twat's a big... funny, though. They had a, yeah. They had a big, big budget... And they brought in Jamaica Kincaid, no doubt paid her, you know, 25 grand or something like that. As they should have. She comes in. She is supposed to be, one of her duties is she's supposed to be the judge of the contest. There's like a statewide contest. And the finalists of the contest, she she does a master class with. 
so I'm in the, I was a finalist. I didn't win. But um, I show up for the master class, get to meet, meet the famous writer. And so she opens it up, goes, well, usually when uh, we do these kinds of things, we, I talk about your work, but, um, but I haven't read it. <laughs> she was supposed to be the judge. Yeah. And we're like, oh, she's like, um, so I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about? Like, you can just ask me questions, I guess. No preparation. <laughs> and one of the students raised her hand, like really timidly and goes, um, well, for what would you say to like aspiring writers, how to deal with rejection? He goes, I wouldn't know. My first story I ever wrote got published in the New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And then she later started making fun of, she just started talking about her life and herself and just blah, blah, blah. Kind of like what we do here on this podcast. Yeah. Um, but nobody listens to us. So that's correct. <laughs> correct. We're not getting paid 25 grand to do right. this. Um, give us 25 grand and we'll change. The oh, it'd program. be a lot better. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. My 25 grand performance. Yeah. Is, uh, um, but anyway, she started making fun of this friend of her daughter's who had bulimia and like her teeth were all rotten out because she was vomiting oh. and that she was like wasting away. And Jamaica Kincaid thought it was hilarious that this wow. this young woman was, you know, afflicted in this way. And she was just mean as shit. Right. That was just basic. She was just straight up a mean person. Right. Um, and then the the reading she did. Packed house, certainly, you know, I don't know, what does an arena, uh, like a big lecture hall have in it? 500, 800 people in it, something like that. It's packed. College campus, sure. And and she reads, and it's packed a lot of the, this is in Atlanta, a lot of the uh, people there were uh, young African-American women. And that seems significant to me. And, uh, but so Jamaica Kincaid goes up there and reads like this absolutely incomprehensible bit of 20 minutes of experimental prose that is just, there's not a single person in there that had any idea what it was she was going on about. And maybe on the page you could kind of read it a bunch of times and figure it, but it was deliberately meant to just, be nonsense to us and then she walks off the stage at 20 minutes like that was and that's the, it uh, yeah. and she, it was just like bizarre wow um behavior and i'm sure she had some reason behind it or or she's just mean so anyway <laughs> jamaica kincaid and so i can't read her work objectively i've read like, her in the new yorker i, I like those stories some yeah i'm sure I mean, she's very talented yeah. but i just don't feel like picking up her book right no. reading it you know just like I see the name and I just get that bad. You wonder why you'd want to put out that ill will into the world in the first place. I mean, you know, you have sort of a. I think her meanness is part of her, her whole thing. I mean, I think her memoir was kind of blaming her brother for getting AIDS and was really unsympathetic yeah. to him dying of AIDS. And I remember reading a little clip on that, like that it was just. Um, somebody without basic human sympathy seemed like like a kind of huh. a sociopath, <laughs> like you know. Well, that sounds interesting. I mean, if that's if you've got that plus writing talent, yeah. I would read. And that. by the way, I'm not a psychologist, and this is a you know a comedy podcast, you might say. And so I'm not I'm not suggesting that <laughs> I I can diagnose Jamaica Kincaid. Um, but uh, <laughs> it took a turn though. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just didn't want to. Well, I I uh, I in that same podcast that didn't air we talked about i told my mark strand story but i don't think he was a bad guy so 
I'll save it for another time. Yeah. Uh, I remember somebody, my, <laughs> this is another story that was told about the, uh, Mark the dinner, the Mark Strand dinner. Okay. Where my, it was at, he had just died. Mark Strand had just died. No, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that we, we already recorded this one. We did, but it's the one that dis- well, no, you, you know what you did tell that, and I was going to tell my Mark Strand part of it about yeah. how he said he wouldn't put notes on our papers because we'd sell them. Yes, and I just didn't tell that part of the story. I think you did. Mm. I think that was recorded. Well, well, we'll see. Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, this scintillating conversation <laughs> as always at uh, I PR hope you're done with your workout. Yeah, um, I don't know. Is that did we cover this subject? I think so. What, what about we- the reading, writing, and teaching? Yeah, uh, I'm uh, almost done revising my novel, everybody. If those of you are keeping track of playing bingo, PRL bingo, uh, I'm almost done cutting it. And uh, the summer started, and I turned down a class, a summer class. Yeah. And I feel really good about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always feel good about turning down classes. I had to turn it down because of travel plans that I had prior already made, but, um, but now that the summer classes would be starting right now and I'm not doing them, it just feels really good. Yeah. What about you? I was just thinking this mic cord is almost long enough to where I could go to the bathroom and kind of take a leak while while podcasting. Would you leave the door open? I, I don't f- want to see no, it. No, I think that I could close the door and have the cord underneath. Okay. You know what I mean? No. Oh, underneath the door. Underneath the door, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm not going to do that. I'm just thinking that it's possible. That's literally what you're thinking when I was talking just could- now? <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I have a rich inner life, Dan. Uh, you okay. think it's all about me listening to you. It's not. There's all <laughs> that kinds is of not other, what I thought. <laughs> it's yeah. other, okay. other things going on. Um, thoughts. Feelings. Uh-huh. Um, what am I? Oh, I am. did the opposite of you this summer in that I said yes to a gig. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so uh, in a couple of weeks, I will be teaching a three-day memoir workshop and giving a lunch talk. Mm. At the Midwest Writing Center Conference, like Creative Writing Conference. Wow. They do one per year, and I was asked. It, this one is, uh, I was sold on it because this one is headlined by Luis Urea. Mm-hmm. Super cool guy. I've seen him. You, he teaches in Chicago, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I saw him do a talk. It was one of the best performances by a creative, mm-hmm. by a writer I've ever seen walked up on stage just kind of storytelling, yeah. you know, about his grandma and about his, you know, just his yeah, yeah. growing up in Tijuana. And it was just so funny, mm-hmm. so awesome. Like, I couldn't believe how good he was at it. And um, so, yeah, so that's something I'm going to have to start preparing for at some point. We should try to get him on the show because, I mean, he's around the Chicago area. I, I've oh, seen yeah. him a couple times. Well, you know, he's I a listener. Do it. I don't know that. So, but... Luis, give us a call. We'll uh, we can talk. Yeah. Hey um, Libman at yahoo.com or Kel Dan- what's your email? Kel Daniels at Gmail. Kel Daniels at Gmail. Gmail is yeah. probably the better it's the Meh. better Gmail service. Meh. Emails. Yahoo. Better. Like Yahoo. Yahoo. Yeah. Yahoo's <laughs> dorky. Yeah. Like aren't you a Yahoo? Isn't that uh, like kind of a foolish person? I think but you know the word Google doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean just like uh there was some comedian who was talking about how all like the internet names are just like Yahoo, Google, bye bye, poo poo. It's like baby. Yeah, just baby, baby talk. talk. Yeah. yeah. But maybe we are at the infancy of something. I think we are. Okay. But not this episode. 
No, we're at the end of this episode. Bye-bye, everybody. God bless. See you later. Do good work. Send your work into the world. Yeah. Get it published. And uh, let us hear from you. Yeah. We miss you. But we won't say do good work anymore because that reminds us of somebody else. Garrison Keillor? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We won't do that. But yeah, send your work. Why not? What's stopping you? Yeah. Do shitty work. Send that out too. (laughs) Let the editor say no. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Personal Rejection Letter is produced and edited by Kelly Daniels with help from Dan Whitman. Special thanks to the Augustana College English Department for loaning us a student worker and to Sub-Atlantic for providing the theme music. We always welcome comments, suggestions, and especially praise. Say hi to Dan and Kelly on their Facebook pages or follow the podcast on Instagram or Twitter. If you like what you hear, do a podcast a solid and leave a review on iTunes. I'm Mary Carter, signing off. Talk to you next time.